The Radium Podcast episode 102, 102, featuring a very special guest this week, and I wanted to introduce him here, Clint Music. Let's get into it. We're going to be talking sync licensing. We're going to be talking about all the multiple publishers he's signed to and that he's working with on the daily, his placements across network television, across multiple places where he's collecting his CSAC revenue, and we're going to talk about how you can get that revenue as well. So let's get right into the podcast. I will not bore you anymore. Don't forget to subscribe to the channel, like the video and share it with anyone that could use this information. Enjoy. Here we go. We got the man of the hour. What's happening, man? Yo, yo. What's good, man? How you feeling, bro? Man, so good, so good. It's uh, it's good. hump day, man. You know, it's like uh, it's the middle of the week, so I've just been working. <laughs> you know. Yeah, no, nah, I feel you, bro. Same here, man. It's been it's been nonstop this week, man. So crazy. Yeah, you getting those uh those Christmas uh, commercials, Christmas <clears throat> trap beats? No, so the man, the Christmas stuff came quick, bro. Like that was like three, <laughs> like three four months ago. Um, so yeah, I mean. Yeah, it, it it like came and then went like and I haven't I haven't really seen anything about it. But the dope thing about Christmas music is like, you know, you can always keep it in the stash and next year roll around. They'll be asking for it around. I think it was like around June this year. Yeah, man, it was yeah. early this year. Yeah. Like usually yeah. it's around like August. August yeah, exactly. August, even September trickles in. Uh, with commercials, it's funny. Like I feel like they just keep trickling in because they got to get all the last minute stuff in. You know what I mean? I wanted to also just kind of start by you introducing yourself a little bit. What I know about you is that, uh, you know, you were in Anchorman 2. <laughs> <laughs> yes, I was in Anchorman 2. <laughs> How the hell did that come about, dude? You just just at the dinner Bro, table, man. Yeah, dude. So so I did some. I did quite a few ex like extra gigs um, here in Atlanta, man. And they they had hit me up and asked me if I wanted to be like in this featured scene or whatever on Anchorman too. And I was like, of course, dude. But Will Ferrell's hilarious. Um, so so yeah, I was like, cool. So they set the thing up. I had to go. I had to go get styled like, you know, a few days before and like literally, man, like we went to like I went to this warehouse and they had like racks of like thrift clothes. Like it was like literally walking into the Salvation Army and just they was just <laughs> walking around trying stuff out, like try this on, try this on. And the theme was like I think I think it was based in like the 70s. So the theme was 70s. Right. And I'm like, I'm a bald man. Number one. Yeah, that, that's not very 70s, bro. <laughs> it's, not, it's not 70s at all, man. So they was just like, okay, we got to do something. They was just like, would you mind cutting your beard off? And I was just like, yo. I was like, okay, you know, we'll chop it off. But this was the thing, man. They made me cut it off and just keep, like, <laughs> keep the chops. So it was like, it it was it stopped right here. And I'm bald, bro. Like, so I'm like, this this doesn't work. This look doesn't work. But it was all good, man. So... I did that, got fitted. They put put on a fro, a fake fro, um, which made the chops <laughs> look a little bit better. Um, there you go. And, That's solid. Yeah, man. And then, um, yeah, man. And then we shot. It was like an all day joint. Um, we shot. It was it was Will Ferrell, Megan Good, um, some other dope actors, some other extras, 
And um, yeah, we literally just sat there and ate cold food scene after scene. And it was the food was actually kind of good. I'm not going to lie, but um, (laughs) it was fun, man. It was fun. I think that's so funny, man. (laughs) Just the random stuff that happens when you're in the music industry. It parallels so much to the entertainment industry. I remember doing voiceovers for like medical companies where you're like, you know, may cause diarrhea and you're going to get these <laughs> random bumps on your on your genitals. And and I'm like, what am I saying, dude? And I'm right. like, all right, well, you know, send me the check. <laughs> you know I mean? Exactly. I bet you wish you got a sink in that film. Oh, yeah, dude. That would that would have been dope. I don't. Well, shoot, I would have had to tap into my my 70s vibe, man. But yeah, yeah, that would have been dope for sure. Yeah, there's a lot of funk in there. There's a lot of the, you know. Yeah, I, th- I feel like. I feel like Will Ferrell likes a lot of funk and like soulful music, man. It's like he's always in the 70s <laughs> with funk music. So that's his thing. That's what's up, though, man. I'm into that. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So shit, man. Um, so Clint here, uh, tell us a little bit about like how you really got into because, you know, there's like like you get your keyboard or your or your guitar or your drums when you're like, you know, a teenager or you're 12 or 13 or whatever. And uh, mm-hmm. there's that story and everything, and that's cool. And that's always yeah. like the preliminary, like preschool, you know, kindergarten story. But uh, like, where where did you get your first like, yo, I just I just made some money with some music. The first time I I probably made some music as like a legit producer was uh, I did an indie project. It was an indie gospel project for this artist named Andrew Cooks from Columbus, Ohio. Mm. She was the she was the first client. Um, that I did a contract with and and produced her album. So I was geek, man. Like it, I think I think I did the whole thing for like six hundred dollars, bro. <laughs> it was, <laughs> the the it bargain was, barrel, man. <laughs> it was insane, but we had a good time, and you know we we knew each other um, as well. So I was I was a young cat, man, in college, just trying to uh, you know just trying to get my reps up, man, and get that practice in. So mm-hmm. any any amount, I was grateful for. Um, because you know it gave me it gave me the opportunity to learn and it was my first opportunity to to actually produce and and you know record vocals you know that was that was pretty pretty exciting and i I grew a lot from that so yeah definitely appreciative of that yeah those are those are funny times man because you know i feel like now because the internet and like social media and the availability to just like put music out there in the world on beat stars and sell it and make funnels and do all this stuff um you know people like almost have this expectation that they should just be getting paid all the time for their music mm-hmm. and man like i don't think i think probably 80 percent of my music and my time spent making music has been for free <laughs> yeah know? and it I'm, I'm happy as hell when something makes some money you know but yeah. for the most part you're like you're trying to just break even you know you're trying to like live this lifestyle and uh, make enough money to pay the bills and the studio and the gear and everything else, man, because it's so expensive. Yeah, no, it is for sure. Um, yeah, man, I, I went through I went through that struggle, man, because I I relocated to Atlanta um, in 2011, mm. and I was a you know I was a full time gigging musician, 
So yeah, it was definitely like a, a paycheck to paycheck situation for sure. Yeah, gigging mus- musicians, man. Like uh, even even like some of the session players I work with, they're just incredibly talented, and they're mm-hmm. union players. You know, like these are guys, girls that are in the LA Phil. You know, they're they're the top of the top guitar players, bass players, whatever. I mean, right. even them, like they get these points where they're like, yeah, I'll I'll do a, a session for a hundred bucks. You know, you're like, yeah, really, man. All right. Let's go, <laughs> you know. Yeah. But uh, yep. yeah, man, it's it is it is a bit of a struggle. But um, let's talk about uh, how how good the money can be, because mm-hmm. uh, you know I don't know about you, but just lately, man, like I I've I've gotten many five figure sinks, you know, that are just like from commercials, and they're thirty yeah. seconds long or they're forty five seconds long, and it's like, whoa, yep. you're gonna give me fifteen k for that, like. Thanks. Yeah. You know? So yeah. I think that's really important to talk about as well because a lot of the times I think you have to average it out, right? It's like mm-hmm. you work on music for three months and you may not be getting paid for like two and a half months and then that big check comes through and it kind of like, you know, balances out where you're like, okay, now I made a pretty good amount of money for the last three months. Yeah, exactly. Yeah, yep. you have any uh you get do you get like work on stuff that has like big upfront sinks fees or do you typically do like go for the back end? Um a combination of both. Like I, I have the opportunities that have um the upfront stuff. Um, you know, like you said, four or five figure stuff at like and and usually those stuff are, is like for brands, um, ads, things like that. Uh yeah. Then of course a lot of the, the back end stuff, that was kind of where I got my foot in the door is doing a lot of reality TV stuff. You know, it's it's a good way to get in and start to learn about the, you know, the music licensing business. Um so yeah, still see a lot of a lot of back end royalties from that stuff, which is cool and, you know, it just kinda adds up over time. Um and then one time, dude, I seen a brief, it was like it was for an ad campaign. I think it was like for a car um, brand or something in the UK. Um, but it was like it was a six figure like fee. Um, it was like a buyout, but it was six figures. Um, I didn't get that joint, but I tried. It was due in like two hours. I was like, "Yo, I got I got to go for it, man, because that is massive." Um, Bro, how many times have you like literally just gone for it and it lands, and you're like, "Dude, that was not my best work." Um, it, I'm sure it's happened a couple times. I'm I'm trying to think of uh, I'm trying to think of like a, a specific one. Nah, like I mean, I've been in a couple situations where it was it was just like a last minute joint. Um, I just finished one up now, but we're still kind of waiting to see what happens. But you know, it's a good chance, but we'll see what happens. But yeah, man, it, you do the best you can do with the time that you're given, and then I just try not to like get super attached to it and just be like. Mix sounds good. It's solid. If they want any edits or changes, then they'll just let me know. And, you know, I'll just kind of kind of go from there. Yo, dude, I, I want you to like really talk on that because this is something that I think a lot of people don't understand. If they haven't been working in sync or working to write on commercials, TV shows, films, trailers, promos, TV promos, if they haven't spent a good, you know, five years or more on it, they really don't understand how this this whole thing works. And um, I'm not saying that that's a bad thing. You know, you shouldn't know how it works if you haven't done it long enough, right? But, (laughs) you know what I mean? But it's just part of like, just inexperience. But, But I want you to really talk about like, when you send out something, 
to a publisher, to an ad agency, to a music supervisor, right? Like, are you, you know, how many times they hit you back, give you notes, let you know, like, what they think of the track, you know? The, the, yeah, a, like a lot. Like, sometimes, sometimes, you know, like the reality TV stuff mm. where it's just, it's going to a library. That stuff, I don't get a whole lot of, you know, back and forth. Um, it may be, you know, turn this 808 down a little bit or something like that. But I feel like I, I, I had a, a situation where, you know, we were doing, it was like a team of composers. We were doing some stuff mm-hmm. and it was, I think it was for like, it was for some publisher and they, you know, they get a lot of good placements and stuff, man. The revisions were so tedious and nitpicky. <laughs> and it was one of those situations where you'll get to like the fourth revision and then they're like, oh yeah, remember when you did that thing? And like the, the second revision, can you like bring that back into this and then do this, 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 and that, and this, and, and it's like, it's crazy, bro. Like, and it happens sometimes. I have I have a project I'm working on now, and it's on my list of um, of revisions needed. And um, yeah, it's, it's a whole email just of revisions on on each track that I have to go through and um, fine tune some things, fine tune some risers and some some symbols and um, you know just just different things, man. Because you know sometimes they <clears throat> they they know what they want or they you know, they want to give the the editors as many options as possible. And sometimes that means going in and reworking stuff um, until you get it right. And a lot of, a lot of producers transitioning from producing for the artist side, even though, you know, working with artists, you can have a set, a bunch of revisions too, but a lot of them aren't used to the kinds of revisions that's being asked for in TV and film. And, you know, some of them get frustrated and just be like, ah, it's, it's not for me. Yeah, that's facts. And I think yeah. I think it's hard sometimes because uh what I've what I've experienced a lot of the times with the commercial world cuz you know, I just I spent a lot of time working on commercials. Um you know, that was my main like gig as far as like if I was talking about sync licensing, it would be right. it'd be for commercials just cuz it's it's you know, the fees are so much higher. It's like right. they're gonna give you forty k. They're gonna they got twenty five thousand. They got you know they these are marketing budgets. They're not like um, you know TV budgets where they're like yeah you're gonna get back end. You know it'll exactly. it'll take a while. It'll stack up, but you know just just wait. Um, yeah yeah. So for me, it was like always frustrating when you'd have like these mix notes come through. You know mm-hmm. oh you know this thing is just a little loud, and you're like. Good God, like you guys have the stems, like you have the stems for every single version I did, you know, through exactly. version 12, just turn, turn the fucking down. hi-hat down. <laughs> exactly. Yep. You know, it's like, uh, do you guys really need me? And, and they do, they do expect you to go back. And I thought that was like the biggest lesson that I ever learned was it's in the, in the commercial world, it's more about service. You know, yep. if you go to these mixes, like I'd go to the mixes with the um, the agency creatives, right? You go and you yeah. sit there and they want to pop champagne and they want to be, you know, they want to be serviced. They they want hand and foot, like take care of me. I'm a creative at, an, at a commercial agency, you know, mm-hmm. bring the cheese, bring the fine wines, you know, spoil exactly. me. Turn that hi-hat down 2 dB, please. You know, so... <laughs> I just, I learned that, man, like that you can't get frustrated with it. You can't um, think, oh, these guys are idiots, you know, just turn the hi-hat down. 
Yep. You know, turn exactly. the snare down. You got the stem. You know, you got to just be like, no problem. I got you. You know, and it's yep. an easy revision. It's just, it's tedious stuff and it does get really tiring. Yeah. But, but uh, that that's definitely something, um, I don't know if, do you experience that a lot working with publishers directly and, and libraries directly that <clears throat> that they want to go back and forth and give you notes and, um, and perfect that stuff? Oh, yeah. Yeah, definitely. Um, like I said, like not not as much um, as like, you know, the, the brand commercial stuff. But um, absolutely, man, I, I get it from time to time. Um, and yeah, you're right. Like it's it's about service, man, serving other people. So, hmm. you know, you, you put on that that servant hat and, and um, you know, give them give them what they want with the with a positive attitude, man. And that, that'll keep the work coming. That's a hundred percent. Like for yeah. me, I realized like, you know, being, being a young guy in the game where when I was 20, you know, it, it was that arrogant kind of ego thing where like, dude, I'm a badass. I make music, bro. You know, <laughs> I'm in a band. I'm a badass. I make music. I write songs, you know, girls like that, you know, all that yep. kind of stuff to like, you know, dealing with people that are actually wanting to give you you know, $20,000 to make a 30 second piece of music and you getting pissed off about it. And then being like, why am I so mad about this? This is more than a lot of people making in months of work, you know? Exactly. And exactly. Um, yeah, that's something you just, you really have to suck up and you have to go, okay, I'm not, I'm not necessarily in, in a rock band anymore or in my thing, you know, in my pocket. Mm -hmm. uh, now right. I'm, I'm helping people and I'm serving someone and I, I'm, I'm working in a business and those are your employers. Those are the people they're they're your bosses. Like yeah. you can get fired real quick off of a commercial yeah. job or TV show or movie, especially like film. They'll just see you later. You're so disposable to them, you know? Yeah. Yeah. They can find somebody else, man. Like there's, there's so many artists in the submission inbox <laughs> of these companies, dude. So yeah. Um, yeah. You just gotta be grateful, man. And, um, and make the best of it, you know? Yeah. So, what's uh, what's like the biggest sink you ever got? Man, biggest biggest sink. I landed uh, Netflix, Napoli Ever After. That wasn't even my nice. music. Like, I was on the publishing side of it. Um, but That's that dope. was dope. It was with some friends, the APX, um, and they're like they're so dope. And they made that the the whole situation was crazy, bro. Because the the connect to the supervisor came from a relationship that I established when I was out in New York working on some some artist stuff for uh, for Sony. And like that, it was like, you know, we just kind of kept in touch and, you know, I would answer licensing questions and stuff like that. Um, and then a question that came up was just like, yo, like, do you have contact information for such and such? I'm just like, nah, I don't. But if I come across it, like, I'll, I'll let you know for sure. Mm -hmm. Um, so then like some time went by, <clears throat> maybe an hour, a couple hours later, he hit me back. He was like, dude, guess what? I was like, what? He was like, I had it in my phone because we had sent some stuff to them a while back and they had used some stuff. And then he shot me the info. I was like, bet. Like, I, I appreciate that because people don't have to do that, man. Um, yeah, so that's true for sure. Like yeah, no, nobody needs to hook you up, you know? No, nah, not at all, man. Um, nobody owes you anything. So, um, so yeah, so he did that and man, like what would like around the time I think I had, like I was chopping it up with my friends and I was just like, yo, like y'all's branding and like everything is like super on point. And I was just like, yo, like 
let me let me see what I can do. Like give me give me give me a year, a couple years. Let me see if I can get y'all a TV placement. And then all of that happened around the same time. So I hit up the music suit and I was just like, yo, this is this is APX, blah, 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 blah. Like they got, you know, all these heavy hitters telling, you know, critiquing their music, telling them how dope they are. Yeah. Dude hit me back in like like 15 minutes. And I was like, wow, that's probably a record response from a supervisor. And um, he was just like, yo, like this is right up my alley. It's perfect. I'm actually working on the scene right now. Like I'm going to try it out. And I was just like, dope. So it didn't end up working for the original scene that, you know, he was, they were trying it out for. But then I want to say maybe a couple months later, um, they, they sent a, uh, what was it? They sent like a, a sample agreement or like intent to use or something license agreement um, in the email. And I was just like, Oh, sweet. Um, Definitely wasn't expecting that. Um, Yeah. And then that, and then that happened. So um, it was a good look for them. Um, And, you know, it it was exciting because that was, that was probably like the first film placement that I actually, you know, that we actually were credited on, you know, you got the artist name and then my publishing company name and then the, the writers and things like that. So it was a win for all of us, man. So that was, that was a big one for me. Yeah. I love that. That's so good. Yeah. And I, I, I love the, uh, <clears throat> the law of reciprocity at play there, you know, it's, yeah. uh, it, it's so important in music, um, to always like help people out. Yep. Even even if you like you know ah oh, this guy is bugging me or whatever it's like just help him out because you really yeah. you really never know like what comes back around from that and it's pretty crazy like I can pinpoint so many times in my music career that 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 just has happened you know and I don't know how it happened maybe I was just nice to someone in the room or they're mm-hmm. like you know oh you were cool to me at this place or this this bar or something and I'm like really okay you know and and then they hook you up or they they connect you with someone or a referral comes across or whatever and it's just it's just wild man like i can't stress that enough with music it's it's an interesting place because now everybody can do it and it's so wide open Mm -hmm. but if you're truly into music like you really love music then you love communicating because that's what music really is it's like storytelling it's communication on the highest level it's that it's that thread that goes throughout humanity and if you're really really in love with music you're really in love with that you're in love with the idea of communicating with people on a different plane not just language not just you know uh dance and everything but it's it's a different thing and and I think that, that that connection and that communication in music is what people that really are into music, that's what I think really is the, the pulling magnetic force um, for the people that are really in love with it. Wow. Hopefully you're getting a lot out of this information. It's like a fire hose coming at you. And uh, the most important thing is that you're applying this information after these podcasts. I wanted to give just 30 seconds to something that's very near and dear to my heart, and I wanted to talk about it a little bit. It's a music mentoring program that I put together that's very private 
that I just started just a couple years ago and has grown into a community of amazing composers, producers, artists, and engineers looking to sync license their music, get placements in TV, commercials, films, and also just records and with labels and develop relationships and understand the process of building those undeniable market viable songs, how you arrange them, how you get them mixed, mastered. It includes everything you need. And I'd like to be that support that you need. So if you're interested in something like that and a group of elite performers, click the link in the description and get on board. Join the Radium Roundtable. Right now, we're looking for new members. Back to the show. Yeah, man, I got a little question here from uh, from my guy, Kev. Um, Let's do it. Yeah, he's saying, if you have a feature on a song, would it still be considered a one-stop? Are songs with features avoided by music supervisors? That's a great question. Um, yeah, yeah, I'm gonna I'm gonna let you take that one, Clint, because I think that's a, uh, you know, being in the music world and the sync world. With that, if the so the feature, if they wrote their part and you know they have a percentage on the song, the the only way it could become one stop if you're the only other composer on it is if you have some type of agreement in place to be able to sign something on their behalf. Um, outside of that, then they would have to, and that's kind of like, you know, maybe like a publishing or licensing agreement, given them giving you permission to be able to sign off on a license or something like that. Um, but typically, um, if you don't have that in place, then, you know, they would have to, they would have to sign an agreement as well. Um, and, it, I mean, that that happens. If you have a co-writer, it usually doesn't deter them too much as long as they're, like, on their stuff, responsive. Y'all got splits together. And, like, um, and, and they're not, like, connected to, like, a major, like a major record label or publishing deal because that can cause headaches with the clearance, too. Yeah, I find I find that that's what most publishers will steer away from, or yep. labels, or anybody wanting to sign or run with the music. Is um, are you on another publishing deal? You know, yeah. uh, do you yep. have any other th obligations? Because yeah. we don't want anything to do with that. We're not paying anybody else out. You know what I mean? <laughs> yeah. no, they don't want to go through that headache for sure. Nope. Um, so yeah, uh, to add on to that. Um, Kev, what he's talking about here is just a clause in a contract, right? It's saying, hey, I'm the producer, you're the feature, uh, sign this. I put a little clause in here saying that I can actually sign off on sync licensing or publishing agreements, etc. cetera, uh, in your you know, name or whatever. Like, I can be the one to solely sign off on this. My company can be the one to sign off on this sync placement as long as I pay you out this much or whatever agreement you guys have in place. So that's just a contract clause and every agreement's different. But uh, another thing that I would try to do always with the feature is just A, either buy the feature out. Like, hey, mm -hmm. you're going to get on my track, dude. Um, I'm going to give you some money. You know, I got 500 bucks for you. I'm going to buy you out. Um, I got like friends that are really, really great artists and writers and they'll be like, yeah, you know, $2,000, I'll do a feature, you know, um, yeah. just buy them out, you know, um, yeah. that way you don't have to worry about any of it. You can sync it. You can do whatever you want with it. You can make the money from it and you don't have to go chase them down for anything. You don't have to get them to sign any sort of contract besides the buyout contract. 
Um, yeah, that's smart. Yeah, that's that's like just how I learned how to do it because I was so tired of chasing people down. But uh, B would be to say, hey, look, we're doing this as um, like Clint just said, just have a split sheet in place that covers everything. It covers the right. master copyright. It covers the publishing and the splits that are in place for what percentages are owed to whoever. Um, and with sync licensing, it's the same clause. You have to say, I have the opportunity or the option to sign off on a sync licensing deal. I don't have to get your permission, right? And yeah. you can do the same thing for them. They can go chase a sync deal and make the money as long as they pay you what's owed to you. What do you care, right? Unless yeah, it's like exactly. a brand thing where you don't want to be established with like, you know, a lettuce commercial when you're making some hard ass shit, you know, <laughs> yeah, like that. But that's going to be down the road when you're an established artist, really established and um, yeah. you're trying to protect your brand. So yeah. it looks like we got some more questions. Oh, you guys are you guys are blowing up the chat. I like that. <laughs> you get a bunch of hungry, good people in here, man. And that's what they do. Um, okay, so Josh is saying adding to the above what but what, what Kev was asking about the feature um, mm -hmm. Any recommendations where to get a good one-stop agreement template? Oh, I don't know. Do you use templates at all? Um, nah, like cuz Nah, like I would I would just I always advise just hit up like an entertainment attorney um, Because you just want to make sure like everything is is covered um, and, and in, then, in your state too, oh, right? Like, cause every yeah, state is and different. Yeah, exactly. Um, and it, it does, like, I feel like people think like attorneys are like, I mean, they get paid good. Don't get me wrong. But like for a simple agreement, man, like some of them may even do like a whole package of, you know, standard agreements for you for, you know, one fee and you're, you know, you're good to go. But, um, yeah. And then a lot of times I'm getting the agreements from the companies, like they usually use their own. So. Um, I yeah, never really have point. to deal with that too much. Um, but I do use like if I do like a a work for hire, you know, I have like a work for hire agreement um, and things like that. And then an agreement if I have to like if there's like an indie filmmaker and they want me to score some stuff, then, you know, I have an, an agreement for that. So. Yeah, the, those indie filmmakers always screw shit up, man. <laughs> I've got some weird contracts across the across the email, man. Like, you want me to sign this? Like, where did you find this? <laughs> you, know, like, you just do a quick Google search for like music contract, and then like, here, Brad, sign this. I'm like, I'm not hey, signing right. that, dude. <laughs> copy, great. copy and paste a few paragraphs. You know what I'm saying? Put a line on it. Mine should be good enough. Yeah, that's good. Well, it's an indie film. It's not going to make any money. <laughs> and then it makes money and then it ends up making money and then you're like dude what the hell <laughs> right what did i sign all right we got yeah. another one here from uh jinzu graphics uh what's the primary genre that a larger that larger corporate advertising agencies are looking for like an apple or an amazon and how are they sourcing their music hey that's that's a good question too man that's a, that's a great question yeah okay so so i i think i can take this one because i i have worked on apple stuff i actually there's okay. there's two uh ringtones on on the iphone that i worked on um, really yeah Dude, i'm about to I'm about to pull them up Let's and it's listen. hell it's hella funny because um i have no idea what they're called um <laughs> but and i don't know how to like get to the ringtones either uh, you know shows how how cool i am you know what i'm saying but but there's a couple ringtones on here that uh you know apple when i was working um with mark mothersbaugh 
they hit us up uh, to do ringtones for ringtones and then facebook hit us up for sounds you know uh mnemonics were really big right like uh i demoed on hulu mnemonics apartments.com you know basically like all these huge corporate places um and and the the answer to the first part of your question the primary genre that corporate advertising is looking for um always positive you're never ever going to get a commercial if you write this like super dark trap or like dark rock or dark anything like yeah. uh, minor keys just don't work in advertising look like you're trying to sell a product I'm trying to sell you shoes I'm trying to sell you this phone like I'm not going to be like yeah the new it's all sad like the yeah, new iPhone they don't want you to be sad. yeah it's like super depressing you know like oh yeah. this is a Radiohead like depressing Radiohead style like they're not going to buy it they're not going to go for it um, a lot of people are making decisions in that room a creative team of producers producers and executive creative director all these people within the agency make decisions before it even goes back to the client to present to the client in that room and then the clients advertising part of their business uh, say it's it's Nissan right they have mm-hmm. to then go over the commercial and and make decisions on the music on the graphics the cut all that stuff and if yeah. they see anything that goes like that's kind of sad that's kind of weird makes me feel kind of that's kind of creepy that's kind of yeah. rapey that's racist that's this they're gonna they're gonna (laughs) flag it and you know obviously we've seen in the past like some things kind of get through the radar and that's why people are just like furious online about that shit because you have teams of people and three four five checks going through and it still gets through all those people that's when people go that uh that doesn't make sense so exactly you know what i mean so there's there's those things but um that's the first thing i would say uh jinzu is that everything's going to be positive uplifting happy if you're going to do anything cool it's going to be like badass badass mm-hmm. with a smile you know what i mean like yeah, yeah this is cool uh ford trucks you know manly yeah. you know so yeah 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 you can just like listen like literally just listen to commercials um just sit there like it's gonna it's gonna be positive upbeat stuff um for sure so yep yeah you're selling a car man you're selling you're selling a lifestyle right so people want cool fun exciting adventurous those are all just like some things i would i would throw out there and then um, as far as like uh you know where how they source their music a lot of the times apple and bigger brands like this uh they're not going to be going to like you know these big libraries they're going to usually go to like specific music houses and there's there's some big companies out there that aren't necessarily you know i guess they are considered libraries but i think it would be more like publishers you know yeah yeah Yeah. and they just go to the bigger publishers and the people they work with a lot but that's typically the agency like the agency that has Apple, uh, the advertising agency that has Apple as their account, they have their people they always reach out to for music. So they will reach out to multiple music houses, uh, composers, you know, bigger composers usually, and then um, and then bigger publishers and stuff. And that's where they're sourcing their music. And that's why, you know, Clint, like he's he's working with those publishers because he knows he's getting his music in the pot. Yep absolutely that's that's the key man let them worry about the the relationships and stuff yeah because that's dude who wants to and then get eno insurance and all this other stuff right uh, yeah yeah people don't understand how much it goes into having like wanting to write music for an ad agency you gotta cover a lot of bases 
Yep. All right, let's take another one. We got we got a lot of questions here. Um, these are good too. Yeah, these are good. You guys are you guys are crushing it with these questions. All right, uh, Bow Tribe. Hopefully, I got that right. Uh, Bow what, Tribe. Yeah. No Bow Tribe. What's the opening line for music supervisors? It seems corny and awkward to approach or email a supervisor with the "listen to my track" line or something like that. Mm, yeah. What? Hey. Hey. Yeah. I'd I'd like to know what how you approach that, Clint. Um. Shoot, let me see. Let me see if I have it. Like on my right, you probably have like a little thing you always say to or open the, open the conversation, right? Yeah, like for like the the subject or like the opening, um, like paragraph or whatever. I think he's just asking, like you know, approaching a music supervisor with like, "Hey, listen to my track," you know. Oh yeah, nah. So usually I'm doing research before I reach out to a music soup, right? Because uh, I don't want to reach out blindly and just assume that they need everything, right? Or they need what I have. So I do my research, see what they do a lot of. This is what I did with the with the Netflix situation, right? Like I studied. Actually, the, it got even crazier because I was just listening to a podcast they were on like the week before. So I had I was unintentionally doing research already. So I knew what they wanted. Um, and I knew what they specialized in. So it made sense. So then when I approached them, um, it was just, and this is even with libraries, you know, I just kind of introduced myself. Hey, my name is Anthony Klimp. Um, I'm a, a composer or publisher, just depending on, you know, what I'm doing. Um, and, you know, I have, I think for that situation, I was just like, yo, like I have, I know you do a lot of this and, you know, I have a, an amazing, amazing artist, um, that you know it's i forget exactly what i said but pretty much a super brief introduction the kind of music it is and the subject you can even put um you know hip-hop r&b tracks a la and then whatever it sounds like you know what i mean something that that's familiar and that they would possibly be looking for um and then just a super brief brief introduction this is my name this is what i do um sometimes i won't send music i'll just say you know wondering if you're accepting submissions from new composers. Um, and I just kind of approach it that way. The Netflix joint, I think I sent them, I sent them a streaming link first because I kind of knew I, from the podcast, I already knew what, how he wanted to receive music. So mm. it makes, it makes your life so much easier when you do that research beforehand. Yeah, dude, that's a really good point. Especially like if these supervisors or publishers or labels or whoever you're reaching out to, if they have yeah. anything online that they've published, like podcasts or been guests on podcasts, you find mm -hmm. that a lot, right? Like uh, yeah. Clubhouse, you know, uh, they've oh, been yeah. in these forums or whatever. You definitely want to do that research and make sure you're talking to people the way they want to be talked to. Yep. And then like no life stories, please. Like that, <laughs> they, they will just throw it in the trash man. bro today I, today I got an email from someone telling me like yeah man I'm sorry I haven't been you know reaching out or whatever my wife kicked me out and like took my kids and I'm like dude oh my goodness uh, that is heavy first of all like it is like <laughs> you don't want to be telling just random people that you've never met in real life that stuff anyway yeah man like it's just it just <laughs> it puts people in an awkward position man it's like I don't I don't like, what know do you, how what to do you respond to, to that. <laughs> I'm like, sorry, dude. I, like that's that's not something that I I mean, dude, I play 
I play keys, I compose, I make some some dope beats and sounds, but bro, yep. like I did not go to school for that. <laughs> exactly. I don't know how yeah, to help man. you. I don't know how to even listen to that. Like that's going to be really really something you got to talk to a professional about, you know. Yeah. So, and, and those are those are awkward things that you put people into where you go into the life story stuff like Clint saying like if you start going on a tangent about how you started and like you really want this and you're in all this debt and this, you know, you're in a really hard spot right now, like people automatically are like, they're going to start stepping backwards from you and figuring out how they can avoid you because you, you got to remember like this is a tough business. People don't need more obstacles. They don't need more uh, negativity. They don't need more. You can't do this or let me put my mm -hmm. sob story on you. They need positivity. They need connections. They need people that are going, yeah, man, let's make this money. Let's get this going. Let's do this thing. You know, you're yep. going to need all the encouragement you can. Yeah, dude, because, yeah, you, you don't want to carry that that extra baggage to a project man like it's already like sometimes it can already be stressful just with working on the placement with the company and and everybody all the decision makers so it's just like yeah dude that, that's a it's a huge turn off it's so funny because like all the stuff you're mentioning like like yeah i've got i've gotten it <laughs> yeah dude but uh you guys also if you want to get more into that kind of stuff um, I know you have like a road to 10 placements kind of uh, uh, package, like info learning thing. Like you guys got to tap in with that because he talks about all that stuff in that. So and, yeah, uh, and absolutely. We'll, we'll post the link here on the replay and everything. So you guys can grab that dope stuff. Yeah. People, people got to understand like when you spend 50, hundred bucks and you get like a thousand dollars in value, like it's a no brainer kind of thing, you know? And honestly, dude, it's, it's almost infinite in value because if you just keep applying the information, you can't you can't really stop making money. You know what I mean? Because facts, man. As, like, long, as long as you keep working, man, it's it'll keep keep working for you. So yep, it's the only thing I spend money on anymore is investments and tax write offs. <laughs> Same. <laughs> if I can't write it off, man, it I'm not worrying about it. It's going to be a real hard purchase. You know, the wife trying to yeah. get me to go on a vacation. I'm like, yo, is there a seminar going on? <laughs> exactly. <laughs> hey, that's that's how you have to live, man. Like, because you throw some like for something that you're going to do anyway, if you can figure out a way to like, like not necessarily hack because you want it to be legal. Right. <laughs> but like. Figure out a way to turn that joint into a business expense, man. And then you always, go always. on vacation for free. It, it, yeah. Yeah, like sell your car, put your car under the business. Like lease a car under the business. Sell your phone, get a phone under the business. You know, like just stop yep. messing around, man. Like you got to, everything's got to be a tax write-off. Um, that's that's just a little slippery tip for you guys. Um, all yeah. right, so let's let's get into another one. Uh, what's the biggest challenge? Chris Dingman, my guy, Chris Dingman, also in my uh, mentoring group, which, you know, I take very what's up, seriously. Chris? Uh, what's Dope. the biggest, yeah, these things keep disappearing. It's like, just stay there. What's the biggest <laughs> challenge you faced so far in getting sinks and how have you tackled it? Is that for me? Ooh, I don't know. I think you I think you go for it, man. Let's go for it. So the biggest challenge for me, because but I don't know, like a lot of uh, some people may know, but a lot of people don't, is like so I got my first TV placement in 2013, I believe it was, 2012, 2013. But I learned about sync licensing and was like kind of looking into it 
since 2007, eight. Um, so that whole time, man, like the, the struggle for me was I was producing music that I felt like was dope that I wanted to do that. I was just feeling the vibe to, which was a lot of Neo. So like, I love Neo. So stuff. So I did like a lot of Neo. So R and B stuff, love ballads, you know, B Cox is one of my favorite producers. So I love that stuff. So I, I could make a lot of it like in my sleep. So I struggled with that. And then I struggled with the structure and um, there was like there was no information really about that. And then, you know, even when you would go to conferences and and sit down one on one with the critiques, they'll just it would be like some, you know, yeah, you're like you're on the right track. It's just like, you know, putting it all together. And it's like, what does that mean exactly? Like, what does that look like? Um, So I had to I had to learn the hard way, man. And it took years to really figure out what was working on TV and, and making that shift to create stuff that was uh, a lot of it was similar to, you know, top 40 stuff, stuff that was already popular, but they was just looking for, you know, kind of like alternative versions of it that, that had the same vibe. So it took years to learn that took years to learn the structure, the structure thing. Um, I was, I was grateful to learn from a publisher. One of the first publishers that I started working with, um, when I started the road to 10 placements and, um, he had just kind of put me up on game. He was just like, look, like the tracks are dope, but he was just like, I really don't need them to be three and a half, four minutes long. Like he was just like, you can cut it in half, make it a minute, minute, like a minute and a half, two minutes max. And then, um, you know, put this, this sting ending on there. So then I was like, okay, cool. So I started doing that. Then I started seeing placements. I was like, okay, there's a formula to this. And then once I learned that formula and I started seeing an increase in my placements, that's when, you know, I knew, you know, I knew I I figured it out finally. So that was the most challenging hurdle that I had to overcome was like getting outside of my own creativity and what I thought was hot in my bubble and really expanding um, you know, my musical palette and, and, you know, going back to, to serving others, man, giving them what, what they need. So, yeah. Yeah. That's, that's massive, dude. I think, yep. uh, I think a lot of the times, um, the people that, that have a really hard time in that, in this business of like sync licensing and placements and stuff, they right. just don't know how to follow direction. You know, they won't, man. they won't do stuff that's going to be outside of what they want to do. And, um, it's it's just it's going to be a really really rough road if you can't like just follow direction very simply like put that stinger in leave that you know when someone gives you direction you you go and you do it especially if they're people that are going to get you placements or they know what um what the client wants yeah and that was that was something that i was always great at is following instructions because like like i don't know like i talk i talk to my wife all the time about it because she like she can cook right but like she can cook cook like she don't need like instructions i need step by step bro i need measurements (laughs) i need to know exactly what i'm doing or this joint is going to be a disaster so like following instructions for me is like yo somebody already laid out the blueprint i'm not about to go and try and recreate something like that's more work for me but a lot of people can't do it man like even down to like the submission bro like if you say submit one track, title it this way, so many people don't do it. <laughs> Bro, I do. I do. I see that you do the same thing on your YouTube channel. I do like uh, song reviews. Yeah. It's, it's every single time. It's like <laughs> upload one track only, please. You know, like you get eight. Uh, 
just very <laughs> simply put and then i get like three tracks from them a music video i'm like <laughs> bro it's Yo, so easy it's to so read true. i did so i didn't true. write a book this is like a sentence you know like do this and they're like fuck you i'm gonna do whatever <laughs> yeah man like what and do you like, want what do you want from me and then you're gonna tell me like i can't get anywhere with my music it's like this is why just read just pay attention you guys anyway yep. uh let's let's move on to another one because there's a lot that's that a great answer though and I, and I like the idea of um the formula bro like that's everything it's like if you want to do something that's that that someone else has already done just find that person that's doing it the way you think it's really dope and then just model what they're doing that's just it. just model mimic what they're doing and master that thing and the thing about the internet right now that's really awesome is that like so many people are out there that you want to do what they're doing and they yeah. even have like masterminds and you can get on the phone call with them and you can and and people are like oh it's too expensive it's like well then go ahead spend the three years trying to figure this out or just like uh -oh. get on that call ask them the questions you know ask quality questions and get the quality answers from the people that are already doing it it's very simple man listen every time i've invested in someone's time a course whatever it was for for information i can you know move me forward i've always seen a return on investment way past what i paid for dude like 100 like I, I literally man like i've i've spent thousands of dollars like just this year alone man just like in on information and consultations because what people don't realize man it's like you shorten the learning curve they already made the mistakes like all you gotta do is be like yo like what's the what's the blueprint what's the play you know, what, what should I avoid? What is some, cause they can see what you can't see yet. Cause they've already been there. Yeah. So you shorten that learning curve. So like so much, man, like is, is worth it. This <laughs> is worth yeah. it. I, so, I think yeah. honestly, sometimes people are just addicted to, to the whole, like trying to figure it out, like trying to put the puzzle together and then, and then they put the puzzle together and they're like, Oh, I don't, I don't really care about this. You know, I just wanted to see <laughs> yeah. if I could do it and put the puzzle together. I'm like, I'm not that person. Like, I'm like, I want to make some fucking money with my music and I want to mm -hmm. do this. So I'm going to go figure out who did it and how much does it cost? You know? Yep. Like yep. I just dropped 9,800 bucks on a YouTube ads thing, you know, program. I'm like, just show Worth me it. how to do it. Teach me what you're doing. I need to run YouTube ads. I'm tired of Facebook ads. Here's 10 grand. Let's go. And, and get, and what happens when you get that information and you learn it? Like, you it's know it now. Invaluable. I would give a hundred thousand dollars for it. Right. Because I probably yeah. pay over a hundred thousand dollars over time, just making the mistakes and running exactly. ad spend and not making any money back off of it for years and years and years and not knowing why or what I'm doing wrong. Yep. Exactly. So I just, I'm, I'm, I'm in my late thirties, dude. I'm not trying to spend any more time trying to figure shit out. Yeah, it's, it's <laughs> like you got a kid, you know, you know exactly what I'm saying. Yep. All right, let's let's get into uh, how do how do you get connected in the music in the commercial music business? Okay, so Christian, this is um, this is actually much harder 
uh, to go directly to like advertising agencies. And we kind of touched on this earlier. Like you'll need E&O insurance. You'll need an established company. You'll need to be able to follow up and sell and, and hit up these people and follow up with them over and over and over again and, and establish relationships with creatives, uh, advertising producers. A lot of them are even like uh, freelance producers, right? Where they'll grab a project and they'll get involved in a commercial project, but you'll still need E&O insurance. And most of the biggest agencies will require you to have two to $4 million in coverage, which can cost you a pretty penny per year just to hold that coverage. And then you're trying to get demo fees to demo on their commercials. And if they don't know you and you don't have an established reputation or, you know, they don't they don't care about you you're never going to get those demos with fees um so what i recommend instead uh right up the beginning is you start working with publishers and music libraries that work specifically on commercials that's like the number one thing i would do and work with other composers um, other composers that have those connections that are already writing on commercials and they're demoing on commercials and they're pitching out library um their library to commercials all the time um, you know, I do that and I have a group where, you know, I offer like, Hey, you guys want to pitch on these sync briefs, you know, cause I'm getting sync briefs from publishers and stuff like that. So, and then, you know, it's like, we'll do a, we'll do a, a split and stuff. It's basically like a collaboration, right? So you want to collaborate with the composers and producers that are already taking on those commercial jobs and try and get really, really good at following the directions and following the briefs and nailing that shit uh, to yep. where that composer or producer will go, man, you're killing it. You're really good. Now let me introduce you to the publisher um, that I'm working on because there's no reason for us to be working on these together to pitch to the producer. You need to be working on these briefs as well, right? So yep. that's, that's the best way I know how to do it. And the best way I recommend doing it. Otherwise, you need to go find libraries and publishers that constantly pitch to advertising agencies and they're looking for your music and they're looking for commercial music. Facts. That's good stuff, dude. I mean, you know exactly what I'm talking about, too, because you've you've done it. I guarantee it. Like you do the yep. collaborations and then someone hooks you up with the person and says, man, Clint, you're writing great shit here. Just just let me introduce you to the guy and, and you guys he'll give you the briefs you know yep it it literally just happened this week uh, a situation like that yeah. um yep exactly like that those are the best man yep. and then and then you make everybody money and make everyone happy it's a win-win all right so let's get uh from said i am said cedric my guy cedric collins here are there any music libraries that you would recommend yeah i know um uh, uh pink shark Pink Shark Music, um, shoot, D, is it DI or DL Music? Um, I did a lot of stuff yeah, for Vibe. I think you're DL. Uh, yeah. Um, Lab Lab Hits has been pretty cool. Producers Toolbox, um, some good ones. Uh, Jingle Punks, that's a popular one out there. I don't know if they still have open, open stuff. Um, man, and then you got... Uh, a, a major cheat code, man, is to go to like, go to like APM Music or like BMG Production Music, and they have a catalog of like all the libraries that are connected with them, or, or do like distribution through them, and then you can like research those individual libraries and see if they're accepting submissions too, um, because they they have their hands in a, a lot of stuff as well. Um, so I've gotten I've gotten some some Netflix show stuff 
place through through BMG, um, as well as like some you know reality TV stuff, and um, occasionally they'll send me like custom projects and stuff too. So really cool. Yeah, man, those are those are just. I mean, come on, you guys, you guys are just getting the gold for free right now. I know, right? <laughs> like, here you go, guys. Here's here's your business plan. We just uh, drew it up for you. Just go back, watch yeah. this again, take notes, and you got your business plan together. <laughs> yeah, and I, but like, I always like to tell people though, it's just like there's no like you know one best library, and it really yeah. depends on what you make. You know what I mean? So it's you still have to kind of do that research. Like, don't just hit these people up I'm like yo like. Clint was on a podcast and he said, <laughs> you do, you do pitching and stuff like, um, don't do, don't do that. Like research it. And then the internet, man, Google, I'm telling you, like there's gems on Google. So yeah. Dude, Google is, is so good. And it's gotten, yeah. it's gotten so much better over time, just with like the AI and the way that it, it searches and everything. So it, you yeah. guys like, you know, the one thing, it's really funny you said that because I would say, like, I went to school, um, I got a degree in sound, right? And, like, mm -hmm. it's like a bachelor's degree. So, I had to take all the courses and take, like, real college courses as well. Um, yeah. But, you know, after after that, you know, it's like people are like, would you go to college? You know, is that a good idea? Um, you know, I spent $100,000 on that, you know, and that was not something that I took lightly. And I borrowed most of that money through Sally May and federal loans. And that was, that's all on me, right? So I'm still paying those loans and I will yep. be for another 20 years, right? Um, yep. You know, I'm not in a hurry to pay them off. <laughs> nah. But like a lot of people are like, well, was it worth it? You know, like, what did you learn? Like, y'all, I'll tell you, schooling and mentoring and just like getting around people that can teach you stuff, what they're going to mainly teach you and what you're going to mainly get out of school is how to learn. And that's the invaluable part of it all is that you need to learn how to figure out what you're looking for. You need yeah. to learn how to ask really high quality questions so you can get high quality answers so you can get to where you're trying to go. And a lot of the schooling and the mentoring and the stuff that you're going to get from people and from, from teaching and learning and stuff, it's going to be how to learn and how to figure things out. And, yep. um, you know, being an engineer, audio engineer, it's, it's the same thing, right? It's, yep. you're just trying to figure out the problem and solve it as quick as possible, the straightest line possible. So yeah. a lot of the times, like for me, I'm, it's like, okay, I can Google and look for YouTube videos and like try to search all this stuff. And, you know, people brag about that online. Oh, well, I just learned it all on YouTube. And it's like, cool. <laughs> What'd you spend 16 years doing that? Like, and look <laughs> at you, you're still not that far, you know, but I learned yeah. it all on YouTube. And it's like, you could have literally spent like 10 grand and learned it from someone in 10 weeks. Like, Facts. it's just, don't waste your time, guys. Time is not something to play with. But um, <laughs> I digress, you know. <laughs> <laughs> it's true, though. That's good. It's just, dude, that's what I learned in school is just how to learn. That's it. Like, and, that was the biggest that, takeaway. Yeah, and that that's that's the best thing is to to learn how to learn because, you know, we shouted out some libraries, but what if they shut down? Now you're back to ground zero. <laughs> you don't know where to send your music. So you still have to go back and figure out and, and know how to find these companies mm. um and yeah that's that's why i love like i love teaching people and giving them the tools to know how to do something from the ground up you know how to find music libraries and music supervisors from scratch you know like 
yeah. how to structure a track from scratch. Um, so because it's that's what you can continue to replicate over and over, and it, like nobody can nobody can take you out the game because you know how, you can go back and recreate everything. Yeah, it's the same thing when people ask me about like. Hey, what's the best plugin for, you know, how do you, what are your EQ settings for, you know, it's like, bro, you got to learn the tools and like what they do, you know? Yeah. Because yep. if you know what the tools do and you know why they do them and, you know, how they work, then you can put them and apply them to whatever and you can get the result you're looking for. But, yep. um, but you know, that's, that's kind of lost on people. I think like in 2021 going going forward and i think probably the the biggest skill set that most people they're going to succeed going forward are going to have is understanding things on a very you know um cohesive level like you have to understand it like how it works why it works what it's doing you know not just Hey, uh, how do I get a million dollars? Oh, you got to go sell a million things. You know, like you have to understand like the process and why and what and, and, and everything intricate, the intricacies of it, you know? And I think that's kind of lost on people now. It's like, they want the plug and play thing. Yep. They want the template, you know? I mean, I, I sell more templates and presets than I do like, like, my my mentoring group and like the the master classes i put out that i'm like this stuff is like worth so much money it's like so invaluable it's so crazy that people just want logic presets yeah yeah it is dude don't don't you want to learn how to use them (laughs) make your own you know like it's it's just it's crazy like most people don't want to learn how to fish now they just like just give me the fish bro that's it yep they don't want to learn how to fish yeah and then the fish run out and it's like Nobody's got fish for you, bro. You got to go yep. catch your own fish now. Anyway, That's um, good. dude, I, I really appreciate you coming through. Honestly, like, I think um, I think this will be really cool. I'm going to chop this up and uh, and I'll okay. repurpose it. We'll throw it out for a podcast. And uh, I just wanted to go live because I knew there'd be some great people in here asking some really good questions. So indeed man yeah no this was dope i appreciate you having me man and it's always good hanging out with you man you you're always dropping gems and and making making everybody laugh so i I love that (laughs) it's it's the hair dude i just let it go you know yo but you have this whole vibe because like i checked out your your uh your music as well and i'm like yo like he's killing this vibe like everything matches and i love to see artists do that man because i don't think people understand like you can't have like a 70s vibe with like 2000s music you know what i'm saying like everything has to match the branding the the fonts like the colors bro like it's on point man so shouts shouts to you man yeah that that means a lot man I'm, i've uh you know that's like i think maybe just working in advertising so long and you know just growing it's up ingrained. with you know i grew up with mtv mtv2 much mm-hmm. music vh1 they played music and music videos. That's what I grew up Man. on. Those were my influences, you know? Uh, yep. It's it's just different world, I guess. And um, It is. Yeah, man, I think I think uh, the art, the art is like so important to keep, you have to keep the art. The art yeah. has to be alive. And, and the biggest part about art that people I wish would do more of is put their art into everything they do into into reaching out to music supervisors how do you do it creatively 
you know, mm-hmm. into how you dress, into how you hold yourself. Like what, like do your thing, do your yep. thing, you know? And um, everybody's just looking for pointers. They're looking at what's Drake doing? What's Kanye doing? What's Nike doing? You know, it's like, you gotta do your thing. Cause nobody has that shit, you know? You can't replicate it. It's original, 100%. So you know? that's that's yeah. the that's the key for me. I just you know, and I think you get older, you stop caring as much uh, what people yeah. really think. You know, you're like, yeah, fuck it. <laughs> so, <laughs> so where can uh, where can people really find you? You know, uh, obviously you guys got to subscribe to uh, at Clint Music his um, YouTube page, right? Because he's dropping yes, gems sir. all the time. He's doing music reviews. You guys got to tap in with him. Uh, tap in on Instagram at Clint Music, and I love that you got it across the board, right? At Clint yes, Music, sir. let's go. Oh, is it showing? I didn't know. I was just typing my name. That's what's up. <laughs> <laughs> no, but that's 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 a hundred percent right. You're on every platform at clint music yep at clint music and then uh if you're listening to the podcast music is my business podcast available wherever podcasts are available so yeah that's where i'm hanging out man that's right well i appreciate you man and um happy wednesday go uh go go kiss your baby i know right now he's sleep man he's been sleeping two hours now oh yeah you're in you're in atlanta dude you're over there oh yeah yeah, nine o'clock ten o'clock over there huh it's ten 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 here all right, bro. Let's do this again. Let's uh, let's get into it some more. Okay, we'll do, man. Take it easy, man. All peace. Right, peace.